This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Following the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from the Great White North and his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard. Welcome once again to Strange Planet. And on this episode, digital IDs, digital currency, 15-minute cities, the next pandemic, our dystopian future, our dystopian present. We're going to get into all that with an award-winning independent filmmaker, editor, director, composer, creative designer, Frank Jacob, has been producing compelling documentary and commercial films for a diverse and exciting range of broadcast and brands from forbidden archaeology to sexy cars consciousness to extreme sports from story development to camera work music sound design graphic design and motion graphics frank works at all levels of the production process and all industry standard and creative software platforms and um we'll tell you about uh, I'm not sure if we can uh, still view the, the webinar, A Tale of Two Timelines. It might still be available. He'll tell us about that and some of his other projects. Frank Jacob, welcome aboard once again. How are you? I'm good, Richard. Nice to be back. How are you? Very well. Last time we spoke, I believe we were on Coast to Coast, and um, we were talking about Project Looking Glass and the Chronovisor and, um, uh, and other things. Uh, first of all, I mentioned the uh the webinar a tale of two timelines is that still available online somewhere we can watch it yes the webinar is still available it's still online um and the nice thing about things that are online such as those is that people that that uh join the webinar then can later go back and re-watch it multiple times to catch up on some of the more difficult passages all right and we should mention some of the uh the films packing for mars we might have touched that on that on my um the, the podcast the last time i don't think we got into that on coast um strangers at the pentagon the klaus donna chronicles which um i don't know if we'll have time on this episode but we definitely we could do a, a whole a whole uh coast to coast show or a couple of podcasts on 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 that as well um let's let's just talk briefly about the uh the tale of two timelines let people know what that's about and then i want to get into some of these other topics sure um well the tale of two timelines came about actually after i sort of broke a story last uh march about a group of whistleblowers or participants let's say that were working on something called project looking glass and that uh, is something that I knew about from earlier years. In fact, that information goes back, you know, by now close to 20 years. Some of the early whistleblowers began emerging around 2003, 2004. And then it kind of, you know, went, um, yeah, it sort of went viral again 10 years later with another person that came forward and talked about working on that project. And it had to do with time peering technology, which is used by 
uh, the cabal, or you could say the black ops people, whoever's involved in those things. And they were using it to, of course, gain an advantage by being able to look at time streams and then alter events by, um, yeah, by inserting alternate um, events somewhere in the time stream then to see what how those resulted and they began to create all these paradoxes but in the end what emerges is that there really is like kind of you could say two timelines that um, emerge toward at a certain point and that point you could say is a point where there's going to be some kind of a cosmic event a you know cataclysm it could be a, it could be something that has to do with um, maybe even with AI. Um, but it was interesting to explore that story. And so I decided to go deep into that whole Looking Glass project again and mine it for whatever was there. And I found so much information, not just about Looking Glass, but also about extraterrestrial contact with human beings that had to do with future humans. Um, and those future humans are what ultimately led to discovering technology such as Looking Glass technology. And that led to kind of a timeline war. And I guess at that point was at the at the very latest that we discovered that A, there's other entities, sentient beings in the universe beside ourselves, and B, there was a kind of a timeline war. And what, what was that timeline war? And so that's what I explored in that webinar. And it really boils down to really this idea between a synthetically dominated, artificial intelligence dominated, um, materialistic timeline versus a natural timeline where human beings discover hidden potentials in their own biology that turn them into kind of a that, that lead to a quantum evolutionary leap in in our evolution so we steer away from that you know more materialistic and more toward a spiritual timeline and identifying all the different markers that would identify what those particular qualities are in each of the timeline that's what it's kind of about and so the the elites are are trying to stage manage events so that their preferred timeline, which is a dystopian future, as you say, dominated by artificial intelligence and perhaps uh, well, we'll get into this. Maybe um, you know um, um, medical tyranny, massive surveillance. Um, well, dystopian. Uh, so they want to stage manage events so that that timeline becomes the the dominant timeline and succeeds. Uh, now, and they're using this project Looking Glass as a, as a, as a tool to that end. You mentioned um, time travelers. Uh, I mean, so is this alien technology or is it, was this technology, this Looking Glass technology developed by our, what would they be, our, an our descendants or our ancestors in the future? Yeah, that's an interesting, you know, concept, right? Are they our descendants or our ancestors? Yeah. Well, the fact that they are humans that came back would make them us in a way. So it's time technology developed by us. However, there is mention of them being found in sort of sealed cylinders in um, in the Middle East and that the technology originally was placed by Sumerians. So, it, you know, it goes back quite a way. And I think that that it's only maybe one of several different time manipulation technologies, which we've been exploring or which certain factions have been exploring uh, for quite some time, really. And the, um, you know, there's been several characters that have come forward and told us stories about their involvement in time uh, travel technology, which is another thing altogether. I mean, time looking glass is not time travel in a sense. Well, I guess, well, it's hard to say. You could almost say it is too, but it's just a different, it's different than things like something called the chronovisor, which is an, another time peering 
technology, which um, then later was combined with teleportation me uh, methodologies developed by Nikola Tesla. And a certain whistleblower emerged or somebody who, you know, that I think you may have, you know, you mentioned it before, Andrew Bishago. Yeah, uh, who was, Project uh, Pegasus. You know, who described Project Pegasus and these jump room technologies that were going on between the various locations on the Earth and then later between the Earth and other planets, including Mars, which is why we can't, we got in touch with um, with Andrew Bishago in the first place. But yes, it's, you know, it's technology which, um, you know, for those people who are in charge of it, I guess it wouldn't be dystopia. And you mentioned the word for us on the outside of that technology, it absolutely is because it means an absolute, um, you know, um, limitation of our sovereignty and our freedom as as souls. Literally, it, it's the end of natural biological humans versus people that it completely embrace and enter into that digitized materialistic version of time or of, of a timeline altogether one of those will survive both of them won't they will not be able to live right now we're sort of in that parallel um time where both timelines are active where you can see where some people are living on kind of on both gravitating more toward one rather than the other but both will not longer survive at a certain point and this cosmic event could have something to do with it but also just the natural play of things could have something to do with it i often describe it kind of like a garden where there's a plant and the plant that gets the most attention the water the love the light the nutrients if all the other plants are starved of those things what's going to happen of course only one plant will survive in that garden or one kind of plant will survive in that garden uh, I was earlier today on my daily show. I was talking to uh, Dr. Robert Malone, who is sort of the original uh, inventor of mRNA vaccine delivery technology, and he just wrote a book, Lies the Government Told Me, uh, with a, a foreword by Robert Kennedy Jr. And we were talking about, you know, we have um, roughly five and a half billion people on this planet that were either, uh, well, that were vaccinated, either cajoled or coerced or tricked, or you know, they did it for all the right reasons. They thought. Whatever the, whatever the reason, so we're looking at 70% of the population. The uh, largest human experiment uh, in history um, is, right. I mean, where does that, is that, the, uh, is that a cataclysmic event uh, that's going to change, uh, you know, the dominance of one or the other timelines? Or is that, uh, um, is that the part of the stage managing uh, I mean, he describes it as fifth generational warfare. Um, right. How do you because it isn't, that? you know, the thing is, it isn't um, in a, something which happened by accident. You know, they've been planning things moving toward uh, some kind of a digital ID or a biometric ID for quite some time. And so, you know, some people, you know, really don't understand that the pandemic was was just kind of a setup for us to accept this technology and this whole new version of healthcare, or the idea that the first step toward getting us away from complete sovereignty as beings, which has always been to the very end limited by our body. I mean, the last frontiers, they, you know, they can throw you in jail, but they can't control your mind. But now they can control your mind too. And the way they do that is by getting under your skin, inside your skin, with what he's describing. Yes, he's absolutely right. Bioweapons. I don't know if he goes as far as Karen Kingston does in breaking down these uh, Pfizer patents, but it's very clear from this patent information that they've revealed that's been mined by Karen Kingston and her substack that they've actually you know, patented these things 
which have essentially the ability to create nanobots that are inside of our bodies. And those nanobots uh, respond to light waves and light spectrums. Different light spectrums trigger different function and different uh, intensities of light create different functions. And they can actually, and a certain uh, David Nixon has begun filming actual samples of these nanobots in action, building stuff. That's <laughs> the craziest thing you've ever seen. And so we, you know, about that have been digging into this stuff, we want to know what is it that they're building. And of course, it does, you know, very few people are talking about that. I mean, a lot of people are talking about the very fact that the vaccines themselves are a violation. You know, they always mention the Nuremberg Code and all these things. But what they're not really talking about is that this is actual technology that's entered our system and that it's all about that technology and nothing else. It's all about this bioweapon. The rest of the story is an old story. It's just, you know, a story that uh, they keep chasing and keep chasing, um, and but they're not getting it. And so this is, you know, the move toward um, a whole digital economy and a whole world where even our own decisions are no longer our own. So, I mean, that's about as dystopian as it gets, right? I'll say, I'll say. Uh, so these nanobots, have been filmed inside us building something what what are they building that's that's it and and uh, that is the question of the day um and i will say i mean uh, nixon's been filming samples of the vaccines that he's gotten on on petri dish slides right so i don't know if he's moved on and gotten actual samples from people he came up with the idea of even filming or or analyzing or studying what's in them because he he was as a forensics or he was um uh, somebody who was dealing with, you know, a lot of, um, you know, people that have died. And so he was looking at what's inside their bodies and he was finding these stringy things we've all heard about and so, and died suddenly. And so that that's what spawned him looking at the actual vaccines under the microscope. So what we have as a result of his work is a catalog of images which show these microprocessor-like things. And they match up very closely to what's in the actual you know, diagrams that have been released and what they call, there's a word for it. It's called the intra-body network. And that intra-body network has a series of components and those components could be whatever they decide they're going to be. And they program those from exterior sources using light and energy, like 5G energy, for example. This is why 5G sprung up all over the place, you might say, or you might hypothesize, because, of course, we're still wanting the answers from those people who have set this stuff in motion and they're ignoring us. So we're on the outside theorizing based on what there is on the patents. But their patents show very definitive drawings of modems, um, software components, things inside of our body that are built, you know, as they're needed. And, you know, antennas, for example, and they're and they're made with graphene oxide like substances which aren't officially listed as an ingredient even of course the ingredients themselves have been left blank conveniently but those you know who are working on studying those things are finding graphene oxide like structures um inside of the actual blood in this case the the, the blood there's over uh, 46 different research groups right now studying this and there was one study done of a thousand people who had been vaccinated and came down with COVID symptoms and 94% of the people, they found these graphene oxide like substances and graphene oxide is one of these things that's very, very hard to break down. 
I mean, you can make brake pads with it. It's that so bio-undegradable. So it's the perfect substance for them to have in our body. And um, even though it's not listed on the ingredients and you can't really find it in the sense if you just take a regular blood sample, if you look at it from a frequency perspective, it suddenly appears. And the crazy thing about Nixon's work is that taking it one step further, he found that when he was looking at this stuff under his microscope in a non-shielded environment, in other words, one getting electromagnetic uh, frequencies as we all do every moment of our lives as we're living in this swimming in this you know world of electromagnetic radiation in the meantime he found that when he isolated them in a faraday cage-like environment they, they actually disappeared i mean they were building it looked like things were building stuff little arms came into being and building little square things and then they would vanish and he was like wow and then he put it back under the uh you know non-shielded environment what happened it reappeared and continued on from where it left off. I mean, this is really alien or whatever technology. I mean, maybe it's future human technology, but they talk about these abduction cases and genetic manipulation. Well, you know, the, all of this stuff kind of fits into some strange big puzzle. Sounds almost like they're, it's, we're talking about like quantum nanoparticles that are interdimensional, right? Non-locality. -local, non Very good point. They call it quantum dot technology. And it actually does go outside into other dimensions to operate. Very, very hard stuff for most people to understand and totally being ignored, except for people like us talking on this fringe level of society. But it is nonetheless just as real as reading the headline of a regular newspaper. So um, I guess it would stand to reason then the elites, whatever they're giving to the uh, us useless eaters, they're not taking that in their jab or if they're taking a jab at all. Or are well, they? Well, if you, they, if we look at the, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, or are they? I mean, is this part of the, a transhumanist agenda that, that they're on board with it as well? Well, the interesting thing about that is when we looked at the Guardians of the Looking Glass uh, videos that emerged, that I did that story on last year, which led to the Tale of Two Timelines, um, they were talking about essentially this um, vaccine being a critical aspect of changing our, you know, our cell, our bodies on a on a genetic level, so that when this cosmic event takes place, we are switched off. But that they themselves are working on um, technology which is also administered via vaccine to themselves, which is. Um, going to enhance even then boost whatever happened would happen to us under natural circumstances in other words if nothing intervened and we were just allowed to live the way we live then um, you know the this event that happens and, and this is also documented in the uh, information that came out from working or talking and speaking with the j-rods which are those extraterrestrial future humans i mentioned earlier they were talking about it 30 40 50 years ago about this cosmic event that's going to happen the one faction was saying it's going to lead to our you know to their future sort of this dystopian mutated future uh, leading to their timeline. And the others, the P-52s from 52,000 years, they were saying, no, there's a way they've learned in the meantime that we can actually affect the cosmos with our consciousness. And they were and they were trying to make us aware that, you know, of that simple fact that we could actually influence the cosmos, that we're not just affected or a victim of whatever's coming at us from the, you know, from the cosmos around us, but that there's an interplay, there's an interaction on a, on a very high spiritual level and so these two things are what's at stake so if there was no uh vaccines at all 
we had would have a chance to we would be enhanced or we would be booted up with extra abilities. It would be unlocking aspects of our DNA which are now hidden from us, but that the vaccine would actually block those things. So the question is, you know, the, are they developing their own vaxes, boosting their abilities when this happens, or are they just taking salt mixtures, or are they taking nothing at all? I would tend to, to believe that it's th that that's really going on, Richard, because you know you can isolate yourself for a while in this world even if you're an elitist you can be living you know in your own bubble world maybe underground city but at some point you know most of them are still living on the surface with the rest of us and there are other technologies around us which are affecting us adversely as well which go to chemtrails which go to harp which is stuff that they're working on in CERN, affecting the Schumann resonances, which affect our states of consciousness. So they will—they are not going to be able to be immune from those things. So it, it's not for me. It's not a far-fetching idea to think that they could be using vaccines to uh, isolate or insulate themselves, or to be unaffected by those things that they're dropping in the environment all around us right now. Right. They have another batch that they're getting. All right, yeah. Frank. We will take a quick time out and come back and uh, discuss our dystopian future or a uh, possible utopian future. Two timelines. Stay with us. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Follow Richard on Twitter at Richard Serrett. For show information, visit the website strangeplanet.ca. Frank Jacob is with us, award-winning independent filmmaker, and um, the website's frankjacob.com, cyberhive.tv. Cyberhive.tv, what do we find there? Cyberhive.tv is the home of the Tale of Two Timelines webinar and a new community which I'm setting up, which is outside of YouTube and all the other censored platforms for community discussion, for posting of these videos and information with each other. And of course, a link and resource to all the other websites that I have, like my own frankjacob.com and our movies and films that you mentioned so kindly earlier. All right. Um, I've had a, tr a hard time getting a handle on this um, character out of the WEF. Some say he's kind of Klaus Schwab's number two, Yuval Harari, um, who talks about a very dystopian future. He talks about, uh, um, you know, hacking not only the human brain, but hacking the human soul. And I can't tell whether he's trying to issue a dire warning or whether he's in on it. Do you have a handle on Yuval Harari and who he is and what he's up to? Well, you know, it's interesting. For a long time, he was highly respected as a historian. And then he started started to take a dive in deep, down the deep end into very dystopian areas of human, um, you know, and um, like study of human futures and human past, etc. And he began to, I, maybe it's because he saw the writing on the wall or because so many of the people that he now is, whose prophet he has become, like Klaus Schwab, have begun to influence him in that direction. But no doubt he is one of the kingpins and leaders, a thought leaders, you could say, of this new future. And his saying is that right up on his on his um, website or when he's doing these talks in front of the World Economic Forum is history began when, hum uh, when humans invented uh, the gods and it will end when humans become gods. Um, so, you know, and his the thing is very much about Whoever owns data 
and controls the data, controls the future. And, you know, so this is his thing. And he's even got a formula for it. He calls it the uh, B times C times D equals R, you know, the biological knowledge times computing power times data equals ability to hack humans. You have to realize these people, they don't see us as, they don't believe in a God. They don't believe in a creator being. They just believe in accident because they're, they're dealing with, you know, essentially the model that we are a random series of atoms and molecules and particles slamming together over eternity in meat a multiverse. Robots. Yeah, meat robots. <laughs> right. So that eventually in one of those combinations of slamming together of atoms and robot and, and atoms and particles, we are created. Consciousness happens. And we are, of course, the highest level of consciousness. And therefore, our consciousness controls as you know as gods on the planet the direction of the planet and we would of course develop technology and the technology would enhance our ability as humans and then we would eventually merge with that and become this new species leaving humans 1.0 in the dust to become humans 2.0 a highly superior version of the biology which they see as inferior they see our biology as flawed and they're they're working to get past those flaws. Um, they don't look at many of the things that actually could change or enhance our biological flaws, if you want to call them that, that we already have. Uh, and and I think this is the the biggest problem in general with these people, uh, these materialists, is that they don't see the big picture. They don't see the grand scale of things. Um, so they're easy to criticize those who are coming up against, you know, any of these developments and saying that we're just conspiracy theorists. But if you look at the whole picture, you see all the elements fitting together. And if you study all those elements, you realize that there is really um, there's been in kind of an unconsciousness, um, you know, uh, that has emerged as a result of denying our soul, of denying ourselves as a as a creative being made by a grand creator. Uh, that you know that gives them the they believe the right to dominate and to usurp and take over the timeline that they're trying to create because they're like you know it goes right back to the darwinian model of the fittest you know the fittest will survive the competition is always the strongest will survive so their idea of strong has nothing to do with these finer levels of reality which are which are um which live in the spiritual domain the spiritual dimension outside of maybe even outside of our 3d 4d world um i haven't i believe in a in an immortal soul i mean that separates me and others from the from the materialists as you say who, who look at us as these meat robots um what happens though any any uh thoughts on what happens to our spirit our immortal souls if we take the vaccine you know, I, I of course I I can't give you a personal report on that, but I have some friends and and in, in our network that are studying people on an energetic level who have had the vaccination, and they are reporting that there is a kind of a disconnect between their spiritual body and their physical body. There is this energy body that we have that's even been measured scientifically with scientific instruments just not in the mainstream science, you could say, that identifies another form of body, an energetic body that we have. And, you know, that might be where some of these higher energy levels and higher forms of consciousness reside. And when there's this disconnect, that means that we can no longer 
control our spiritual, our, I mean, our physical body from the spiritual dimension. And even that whistleblower who, co- who was called Gideon, who emerged at the tail at the very last end of the Looking Glass Guardians videos was this guy called Gideon. He was talking about an emerging new software based on digital currency, which he went very, very deep into talking about things that are, you could say, on the spiritual level. And he was saying that exactly that is is what the plan is all along. It's about breaking this connection between our bodies and our souls. Uh, And Rudolf Steiner, 100 years ago in the 1920s, was talking about vaccines being the method or the instrument used to separate our bodies from our souls. And those pretty much identical words. So there must be something to it. Those people who have NDEs have brought back their reports on experiences that they've had outside of their bodies while their actual physical bodies were proclaimed dead. According to science, there's a certain threshold which they proclaim you to be physically dead these people have returned after that threshold was crossed and they definitely report that it's not over uh that there's something else that goes on there's there's a continuation of our consciousness they even meet with beings they go to places they experience time on a totally different level as well and then they return to the physical body and in some cases the body should already be you know, not decomposed, but so damaged, brain damaged or physically damaged in other ways that it not, would not be possible to continue living a normal life. But they proved against science and they emerged and regained 100% of their faculties and were able to report these things. So we know that this world does exist. Um, you know, they're even developing something called a neurophone that is actually a telephone system to try and take up contact with those who have left and crossed the threshold to the other side. So imagine if they can actually stop that. And this Gideon guy talks about that's the purpose. They're trying to disconnect that soul connection. So those who then die or leave their bodies, they never make it to the place that, you know, the the real source of our spiritual strength. They get stuck in this, um, you know, dystopian world, even outside of the physical body. I think many people don't want to go there and you don't really have to go there to to make it clear and important that the battle that we have to fight right now is the one that we're fighting here on earth against these forces uh, and you know just trying to stop them from realizing that material world. So if 70% of the world population has been uh, vaccinated uh, what what is the uh, the end game I guess for the, the other two and a half billion of us uh, that remain vaccine free. Uh, I mean, it sounds like they're going to try and get the uh, the mRNA technology into us by hook or by crook, either by injecting it into livestock or um, I don't know, maybe through shedding. Um, any sense of what the what the strategy is? Yeah, a lot of this stuff goes back to things like smart dust, for which there's also patents, uh, which is a technology that coincides with nanoparticles being injected it's actually in the environment all around us uh and so there's that not to be discounted they're talking about these smart cities right they're talking about installing this technology all around us it's it's all pervasive all penetrating um so that there's no escape from it but they you know for them of course they want that they think that's cool <laughs> so for them it's like my god it's everywhere it's, it'll be utopia right but for us who <laughs> honor who respect sovereignty and wants uh, any kind of idea of individuality and anonymity it's it's absolute hell uh so there's the smart dust and there's also you know they've done um 
blood uh, analysis of people who have not been vaccinated and they have found the same similar kind of weird structures inside of the blood of those people as well so just you know being not vaccinated isn't not going to stop you from being exposed apparently to what they're planning and if you look at the patents that they've put out forward they've talked about how their patent encompasses not just injecting it into putting it into vaccines but dropping it into baby care products and uh you know hygiene products and probably even most diabolical vitamin supplements that people buy at health food stores so they're not stopping anywhere soon they're looking to get this everywhere all pervasive so that they can you know materialize this world of theirs i think we have to be clear about about just how um adamant and how pervasive and how persistent they have and they've been and they've been this way for well over 100 years this isn't something that just emerged out of nowhere it isn't something that just emerged 2019 when they were you know they're trying to create these you know uh new systems of biometric uh, id that they're developing it's been around for this plan I, has been around for a long time so they're not going to go away unless we make them stop uh, and that means we have to actually confront them with what they're doing uh, or they're going to get away with it it's quite simple frank another time out awaits on the other side back with uh, more of our conversation frank jacob filmmaker stay with us This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Follow Richard on Twitter at Richard Serrett. For show information, visit the website strangeplanet.ca. Frank Jacob is with us, award-winning independent filmmaker, frankjacob.com and cyberhive.tv. If you go to cyberhive.tv, uh, the um, the webinar Tale of Two Timelines is, uh, is there and available. Check it out. Um, getting back to more of the um, the battle for these two timelines, it would seem as if the uh, the elites uh, and their dystopian future f- that they have in mind for us, clearly they have the upper hand. Um, I mean, what are you what are you hearing from whistleblowers f- through uh, Project Looking Glass in terms of uh, you know how we might how we may be able to turn the tide? Well. It's true, the advantage at the moment is clearly with uh, dystopian people. And there's a lot of people out there in the alternative scene who are hailing that it's over, you know, just watch the plan unfold. Everything's being taken care of by certain white hats. Um, and I, I'm just, it's so sad to hear that because this is a, this is a very specific psyop that you know there's no that is known you know there's there's def- different kinds of psyops that have been used really over the centuries you know there's demoralization psyops there's disinfo psyops there's false flag psyops and there's stand down psyops you know and stand down psyops is what we're looking at when people say that the white hats got this that we need to just you know chill watch the plan unfold and that these good guys somehow on the inside are fixing things now that's great if you're somebody who woke up in the COVID crisis, you know, and for the first time in your life began to question the reality around you and say, wait a minute, something's not right. There's like, you know, there's these people that seem to be steering society in a very dystopian direction. And I think that's wrong. 
and you begin to kind of wake up and look at what else is going on. But for some of us that have been studying these things for 30 or more years, we've seen this, you know, proclamation of the white hats coming to fix things for the last 40 years, Richard, and they haven't done it yet. Okay. So I'm just like, how much longer are we going to wait for them to come and fix it? They're not coming. Okay. I mean, you might as well just assume they're not coming. Okay. Because what would that do? If you assume, if you if they were no longer coming and you really cared about about humanity in your life, what would you do? Well, you would get busy. You would start to, if nobody's coming to fix it, you would try to fix it yourself. You would align with others who are also interested in trying to fix it because if we are all there is, like the Hopi says, we're the ones we've been waiting for, then we need to get busy. And the first thing we do to get busy is we accept the fact that there is really a faction of people who are moving us toward this materialistic timeline who are not interested in helping those who are more on the spiritual end of things, who are not interested in this idea of a spiritual timeline, of a, you know, of a timeline where their technology is not the dominant force. And once you have accepted that, you can get and you can see, you know, clearly in the media all around us, you can see signposts for their agenda. The latest one is, you know, Biden negotiating a deal to give the you know the World Health Organization authority over U.S. pandemic policies. OK, if the good guys are really winning, why is it every day you wake up, you find another stupid headline that's talking about another step forward toward locking us out of our reality of our sovereignty? Right. So once you begin to see the picture, then you are no longer giving your energy to it unconsciously one of the reasons one of the reasons they're succeeding and they have an advantage is because they're literally the people talk about something called lush where our body's energy give is given to you know some parasitic um aliens or maybe even ai but in a way that's really kind of what's going on here our energy on a mental level is also giving them our frequency of energy we're going into resonance when we accept blindly or we don't question that energy out there, we're going into kind of a resonance with it. And so they're they're tapping into that. And we know that the way it works in scientific models, when two things come into resonance with each other, they exchange information. And so we might be being programmed underhandedly without our even knowing it by our blind acceptance of what's going on around us. So the first step is to cut that tie, is to realize, no, really, there is a battle for our sovereignty that's going on. There is a new timeline they're trying to create that's steering us away from our own organic, natural human timeline. And once you do that, you a you you stop giving them your frequency. You stop feeding their timeline. You begin to weaken their timeline. The other thing is you begin to attract others who are connected to you on the same frequency. So you begin to go into resonance with others, with our, with, with conscious beings who are awakening. And once you do that, you begin to strengthen this other timeline, this natural timeline. Another step that you can do is you can you have to for something to become manifest in physical reality, we have to see it first. Any scientists or any you know theorists or anybody, an engineer will tell you that they see things in their mind before they actually build them. So we have to see this future timeline. We have to see what it might be like, and we have to give it emotion. Because that's the other critical factor. Through emotion, it's now been proven scientifically, emotion creates reality. So if our emotion is tied to their timeline, which is often also accompanied by fear, I mean, what greater way to generate fear than to create 
um, a virus as an enemy that you cannot see. I mean, behind every signpost or every street corner is the virus lurking to jump on you and attack you, right? The ultimate fear porn. Once you free yourself of that, you no longer give them your fear. So you begin to use your own emotions toward, you know, when you see that future timeline, that that organic timeline, it should be accompanied by a lot of joy and happiness, right? You should be feeling a charge. You should be feeling, you know, just really like stoked. Um, and, you know, when I, in my own version of it, when I see things, I see the breakthrough of technologies which have been suppressed for well over a hundred years that would lead to things like free energy, that would lead to these so-called med beds, which are momentarily, at the moment, they're just showing us a bunch of video game bed depictions, but they don't exist yet, but they could exist. And they have existed in the past, or at least the technology leading to what's called a med bed based on frequency energy and things like that, that has already was started over 100 years ago by Raymond Reif with his Reif ray tube and the microscope he was developing. And he proved the concept, but he was taken out. So, uh, I mean, we have in my timeline, I begin to see that we recapture this kind of technology and it it generates you know headlines in a new timeline and it generates the energy and the confidence in those people who are maybe a little bit doubters still who don't believe that it could happen it strengthens them and we begin to fight a numbers game where we begin to get we save people that are locked in the other timeline and give them hope because people feel I believe, Richard, people feel there's something wrong. They sense there's something wrong, but they don't know how to identify it. And they maybe don't know what to do about it. But when other people begin to emerge, and that's the fourth factor, is there has to be a safe ground for them to be there to exist. We need to establish a, a place where technologies and ideas can live unencumbered by censorship and by being attacked from you know the goons who are operating on the other timeline, who are trying to prevent that through things like machine learning fairness or um, you know, Operation Jigsaw, which they're developing right now, which is literally equates to the artificial intelligence version of burning of books, you know, the digital, the digital book burning of the world that's coming in the very, very near future. That's the next step because if they can succeed in stopping us from sharing information and they can succeed in blocking information that we might need that'll give us what we need to you know, enhance our timeline, our vision of the timeline with information about technologies and things that are out there. If those things are suppressed, it's, you know, game over. So we need to be fighting on all these fronts. We need to make ourselves aware and we need to approach, and I guess that would be another step, approach those people we've given our power to in politics and say, wait a minute, I need you to look at this. You know, this is the technology they're developing. What is your comment on this? Because you don't talk about it because this is leading to this, dystopian future or you don't even have to use those words you can just say it's leading to a future where we no longer have sovereignty are you into that is what you're is that what you're into have you been briefed about this do you realize that in the next five to ten years 40 to 50 percent of the workforce is going to become replaced by automation based on artificial intelligence are you aware of that what is your contingency plan for that uh, you know, these are hard questions. We need to learn things about this dystopian timeline in order to ask the hard questions of those who have given the power in our elected officials to. Uh, I mean, it sounds that simple and that complicated all at once. I mean, much of it is done on a, 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 a I guess, mass consciousness level. Um, I'm kind of a, I don't know, a boots on the ground kind of guy, like, like I need an assignment, give hand me a shovel. I don't know. Like what else, what do I do? Well, that's part of what you could do is, is just when you're 
putting together in the focus of in your particular world, you're putting out radio shows and you're putting out information. So, you know, putting your information out, targeting these agendas right now, um, for the most part is important because we could be talking about all kinds of cool stuff and that's what's going on as well. There's this flood out there of new information like Tartaria and, you know, the flat earth, which some people believe and rightfully so is a psyop in its own. Um, and, you know, these ideas that, you know, people go, wow, that's cool. You know, and, you know, and they zone off, right. I mean, it's just, we have to put information about the important stuff out there right now. So in your particular case, I can only recommend you just, you do a series or a focus on this kind of information to the widest possible audience out there. Uh, and you get the the most um, knowledgeable people on the shows to discuss these things. Uh, and that will probably help maybe wake up more people, you know, because we need to wake up as many people as possible to succeed. The other thing is once you've woken up, so you never know who you're going to reach in these shows. It could just be one person that could that could be that one person who has a connection to some senator who has enough power to make something happen. He walks in and shows them this and that senator is affected in a very deep way and profound way. And that Senator begins to actually operate maybe rogue within the system and begins to wake up others in his circle. So we have to also believe that, you know, that something like something like this is going to happen. There's going to be this critical moment, this critical mass threshold, which we're going to surpass. So each of us individually can do only what we do. Every one of us, if you, if you break away from, that system matrix thinking and you begin to form and shape your you know your new world and the new timeline you we all have our own individual assignments we'll we'll find that when you tune into it when you meditate or when you just go into stillness and you ask yourself your higher self what can i do what can i really do well look i'm just a regular guy too and i wrote an article a year ago that article went viral and, and we figured out that by the end of last year over 3 million people have been listening to those to that information that we've been putting out about looking glass and the timelines. So we definitely made a dent. And that's just me. I mean, I could be anyone, anyone out there could do anything to affect his environment. Just believe it and know it. Actually, knowing is better than believing. Leaves are like trees. They fall off and you grow new ones, right? Last question. Um, are there any whistleblowers with regards to uh, Project Looking Glass, who still have access to that technology, who would be able to relate to the public um, by whatever means that, you know, they've noticed a shift in the timeline, that, that all our efforts are starting to pay off, that that would be, you know, a very hopeful message to learn, hey, we're gaining some ground here, or, you know, we got to pick it up. Well, you know, specifically, no, because they seem to have been attacked and wiped off the map, basically. The last person they introduced to us as part of their information dump was this Gideon guy who was talking about CSRQ, which is this new uh, digital programmable digital currency, which is coming our way. And that's also a very important topic. We might have to talk cover that one in another show. Uh, but essentially, um, you know, these people gave us the the signals uh, and it's up to us to take it and run with it. And I think we're doing that. I think we're actually seeing some effect. I would have to say, judging by how there's been a few, you could call setbacks out there uh, that the cabal are experiencing. There's been people in their faces with cameras following them around. There's been slowing down of certain policies. Some actual politicians are beginning to 
um, start lawsuits toward vaccination companies that are holding them accountable. And this accountability is going to be key. We're going to have to see a bit more of that, I think, for it to really take hold. It's, you know, because accountability gives people the awareness and the signal that not just people are talking about it, but they're actually holding people accountable and the accountability is being demonstrated. In other words, people are losing their jobs. They're being put into jail. They're being called criminals that they really are. Um, and the the inside workings of that cabal will begin to frazzle. And I think we have seen some of it. We just need to see more of it. And therefore, we need to embrace the idea of us individually as the white hats and not think that there's going to be some group. If there are people, and I'm sure there are people in every organization who are maybe a little bit more conscious and aware of what's going on, even in high-level organizations, I guess you could call them the white hats, but they need to wake up too. They need to be triggered enough to put everything on the line because literally everything is on the line right now. It's us, like biological humans or the machine. There is no... You know, there's no one way, uh, there's no two things operating in, in together in harmony, because eventually, if both are living together in one timeline, they are diametrically opposed philosophies and ideologies. They cannot live together and cohabitate uh, unless you really literally divide the world in one half or, or three quarters and 90 percent of the people who are embracing transhumanism. And then we have our little island, you know, Madagascar or something where the human, natural, biological humans get to live unimpeded. Although I, I think that that's kind of idealistic to think that that's going to happen. Yeah, they won't allow that. Frank, great speaking with you again. Uh, again, I'll direct people to the website, cyberhive.tv, cyberhive.tv, and you can access the webinar, A Tale of Two Timelines. And uh, it's great to... I always learn so much speaking with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Richard. It was great to be here. My pleasure. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday.